the cost of an all digital future let go my lego games Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 93. Yes, that is correct. Okay. I made the thumbnail last week. I should know, but I didn't, and I panicked. You you did okay. You panicked in the right direction, but that's all right. If you've never joined us before, we are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can find us in video format on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, let you know when our videos go live. Like we say, every Monday, guaranteed, and then every other Friday for our reader mails. uh, If you see what the, the schedule are for those. We do have some other stuff in the works that we'll start to do that, uh, but that's not going to be tied to Triangle Squared. It'll be tied to our channel in general, Nartech Gaming. If you like what we're talking about, we'd like to hear your thoughts on those in the comment section below. World Den, I saw yours. It's been a little bit busy. We'll reply to you about the games that you're excited for. Um, and of course, we like to hear any questions or anything you have for us for our reader mail section. We take those on YouTube as well. Uh, and if we like them or give them the heart, then you'll know that we will go and uh, go through them and use them in the episodes. If you want to listen to us in audio format only, you can find us on podcast services that include Google Play Music, iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, consider giving us a review. Uh, And it essentially just helps get our numbers up there, helps people find us easier, and it helps us know what you do and don't like about the show. So we appreciate that feedback. It's very important for us. Uh, Same on YouTube. We welcome any critique that you have and tell us what you do and don't like about the show. That way we can continue to shape it in the future with what we want versus what you want. All feedback is good feedback. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, if you want to find us on social media, we are on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. Facebook group that we have is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You will not find Saul on there uh, because nope. he doesn't have a Facebook. But you can find me if you ask to be joined. We will gladly accept you. Uh, and we can talk about stuff in there. If you want to join the ever-evolving, sometimes crazy conversation like this morning in Discord... Uh, you can do so there. The description, uh, the link is in the description below. And of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, we'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can find the link as well in the description below and you can get cool perks. If you're on the discord, you can get nice, colorful, pretty names, uh, make everybody else jealous. Uh, you, if you're at the $5 tier, you get a choice of custom cases. People who support us at the $5 tier right now, I've not forgotten about you. I just want to make a clear collage of the cover arts of the cases that you can get so that you can easily choose one and know exactly what you are in case you've missed a post in the past on Twitter. So keep in lookout for that. As soon as we get done with this, I'm going to try and knock that out and get that posted on Patreon. But if it's not up by the time that this goes live tomorrow, I will have it very soon. Then we'll get those sent out to you. Uh, Let's see. I think with that said, I don't think we have too much more to go into. So start the show proper for the first time with our first real episode. That's not reader mail of the year. Saul, what have you been playing this week? A lot of divinity Two. Original Sin. Uh, I mentioned that. Did you buy that new or like when it first came out? Or did you buy it on sale recently? No, I bought it. I, I got it the day it came out on PS4. I thought you did, but you'd played on PC earlier this year, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. I played it on a PS or PS PC <clears throat> back in like May or April, I think. Maybe did a little you ever, bit further on. Did you ever play the first game at all? Yeah, I played the first game on PS4. Okay, I thought so. I didn't get far in it because it had been after at that point. I, I played the second game on PC, but. I played D&D two weeks ago almost, last weekend actually, and I had been really wanting to play a D&D style game, and that one's kind of the one that fit the bill. Uh, other than that though, a lot of Destiny 2 as well, 
but I'm really more excited just to play Divinity. Like tonight when I get off work, nope. When I leave here, this is not work. Uh, tonight when I leave here, it's I'll fun probably work, but it is work. It I is guess. fun work, yeah. But I'll probably go home and play Divinity instead of Destiny Two, and I'll probably be on Destiny Two to like tomorrow night or something. Yeah, I've been playing another thing, but it's not so much playing since I already have the platinum. But it's more like practice for something I'm gonna try to do to bring back saw plays. But it's only one saw plays, so it's kind of weird. Uh, so. I think Corey might be able to catch the hints on what that is, but it's not so less. So don't get your hopes up, <laughs> but that's kind of it. What about you? Uh, yeah, destiny as well. I got on play with Vince last night and, uh, Mr. Dan toxic gecko, uh, quite fun. We were able to do the nightfall, get that knocked out. Um, they have both experienced part of the game. They're coming back. Uh, definitely toxic. He's just come back recently and been enjoying it. Uh, so we were doing that. We essentially, and, and I guess I'll go ahead and, and say for you, if you can get a point, I think, uh, Neither of them have run the new raid either. I say the new raid, the Forsaken raid uh, with Riven. So if you want to get a group together uh, or if anybody in the community wants to get a group together, we keep our PSNs in the description below on these things as well. Shoot us an invite if you play the game and you want to play with us. Uh, We would like to get a raid group together and let them both do that. Um, So we plan on doing that. That's been fun. I've been playing Iconoclast on Vita, uh, which was a PS Plus game uh, for I think last month. Uh, Very fun. I've been really enjoying it actually. It's a... It's a game that knows when to utilize its mechanics in a in a way that constantly keeps you on your toes and, and tries introducing things. And what I like about it as well is that there's not always a singular answer for everything. There's a part earlier where I, I did it the wrong way on accident, or not the wrong way, but I did it a different way than the game obviously intended you to do, but I like that the game had the ability for me to do it that way anyway. Just, uh, and I don't yeah. know if that was on purpose or just by random luck, but I've had a couple of, tw- of uh, spots in the game that ended up working out to me doing things in the way that the game was not obviously set up to be the path of least resistance. Uh, and I, I like that. That's a cool idea. And the world in that game is actually kind of interesting and in what they're trying to do. So story-wise, uh, for as limited of a story as those kind of games are with all text-based, it's doing a good job of keeping me wanting to play it to see what's going to end up happening. Um uh, I've not played a lot of RuneScape this week, but I have played just a little bit RuneScape Mobile. Just a little um, bit. And I think tonight, I'm really curious as to what I'm going to aim for tonight. Because um, I still have Spyro to go through. To, I still need to play Astrobot VR. I've not had a chance to get on that either. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to figure out what I want to do. I've, I've still been watching so much Making a Murder that's taking up my gaming time. But so I'm Is this your first it. time watching it? Season two. Okay. Yeah, I've watched season one back then. I just... I started season two with my wife, and then you know the age-old rule if you're married that if you start watching a Netflix series together or a TV show together, you're supposed to watch it all together. You're supposed to finish it together, yeah. But she was she always falls asleep every time that we go to actually watch TV or anything. Nope, and I would have finished it without her. And I just kept watching one night recently, and, I, and she was like, well... She's like, I fell asleep, so whatever. You just keep going. And I was like, all right, good, because that's what I wanted. I want to watch it, but you fall asleep every show, even if she finds it interesting. Like, we were watching Altered Carbon, and she just crashed out because they're hour-long episodes i think it's too much for her to continue to keep focus on i fell asleep during the new black mirror movie i felt kind of sad because i was 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 so excited for it yeah but i ended up like about like an hour in i think maybe even that not that far i ended up falling asleep and just crashing i assume you watched on ps4 right yes okay from what i understand and because i haven't watched yet but i do intend and i almost watched it in my bedroom on my ps3 but that has just a media remote but from what i've understood if you play it on a console with the actual controller so i'll probably watch it in the game room on my ps4 uh, that the controller will vibrate at certain sections and stuff 
I don't uh, for the PS4 in my living room. I don't use a remote. I use or I, you don't use a, con- a controller. I use the Universal Media Remote that PlayStation has. Well, that see, that's why I was like, I want to see. So I don't, I wanna... I don't want my my controller vibrate <sighs> while I'm watching a movie though. Well, it's supposed to be an interactive movie, so I know, but still, it's like I'll give it a chance. Who knows? It may be done in a cool way. I wonder where though, if it wasn't obvious to you that it was supposed to be there. Probably when when a, when the prompt pops up for you to pick a sol- like a, a selection. Probably they say like, "Hey, wake up! Yeah, I picked this selection." So <laughs> who knows? That, that's what I've I also, would hope. Yeah, I've never watched Black Mirror, so it's just across the board. I just, you gotta watch Black Mirror. I know. Everybody I've heard has to watch things. Black Mirror. Ignore the first episode, watch it, but ignore it because that episode's really messed up. But they all are messed up to a degree. I've heard, and that's what makes the show really good. I like the idea of it being kind of like a um, <clears throat> Twilight Zone show. It's where it, where they're much, all disconnected. Yeah, very but, much so a Twilight Zone show in both terms of disconnected and both terms of weirdness. Yeah, I can see that. But we're not a movie podcast necessarily or a show podcast. So we'll move on into the... No drop. No drop. So Saul can't hop to the drop. I can't hop to the drop. It's still uh, watered down off of... Uh, the holidays, so there was no drop on the PSN blog, so I apologize for that. It'll be coming soon. What do we have? Two weeks for Resident Evil and then three weeks for, <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks for Kingdom Hearts. So give it time, Kevin. It'll fill in. Um, it's a good Domino's uh, Oreo pizza commercial reference for those of you who are yeah, I'm about to look at that real quick. older. Um, but Brett, why don't you hop into news? Guess it's time to go straight into news. So with that being said, news is not anything crazy. Beginning of the year, things are just a lot of holiday sales going on. But there is some news. Uh, so I guess the first thing that we'll talk about with the news is IO Interactive has announced that Warner Brothers, the publisher they partnered with for Hitman 2, their uh, new release, the first game they've released since they're split with Square Enix, will be publishing an HD collection of both Absolution and Blood Money for current-gen consoles. The games will run at 4K, though it has not yet been shown how they're going to run on 4K. I imagine on the One X, it'll probably run at native. There's a chance it'll run at native on the the Pro, but there's also a chance it'll just run at a checkerboard or maybe an upscaled resolution. Uh, For those of you who are, you know, resolution snobs, uh, 60 frames per second, the, so they'll be updated from their 30 frames per second original. They'll have lighting improvements and updated controls, which I assume they'll still probably leave the classic controls in for people who want a uh, more pure experience. But they'll be coming on January 11th for $59.99. I think the price might be a little much, but it's not crazy, so it's okay. Uh, January 11th, though, they really just popped this up out of the blue. Yeah, so. that's like that's what it, what would that be? <clears throat> Technically, five days from when this show airs on Monday. Yeah, true. So anyway, uh, long, I'm sorry, four days. It's the fifth. Oh yeah. We're recording on Saturday. Yeah. We've been recording on Sunday so often these days that I'm all screwed up. Throwing me off. Uh, next up long awaited PS4 exclusive dreams has finally moved into beta. So if you've been waiting on that, here are the newsletter subscribers who joined prior to December, or I think it was December 7th. Um, are getting first access, so they've already been playing it. If you look on Twitter, there are some creations that people have made in that. Uh, and the creator beta is open right now for signups, so that you can go in and try and get into the next wave of, uh, of code sent out for it. Uh, there's still no word on the release of the game itself, but the beta is a big step forward considering it's been delayed for like over two years now. I think it was originally supposed to be a beta in 16, um, a beta in 17, uh, late of the year, and then there was going to be a beta at some point in time in 18, which we now see barely made the window right in the last few days of December for the um, newsletter subscribers and the rest of us. It ended up being 2019. Uh, so they save face in that particular aspect. Um, so if you're excited about the game, I think one thing that me and Saul talked about before we were recording is that there's a guy who did a modeling of this like fish 
essentially in the game and it looks so detailed and the lighting and everything it just it looks decidedly creepy in a way that i was surprised the game was able to pull off with such a plum so i'll give them a shout out right now it does look exactly like what i've been hoping for a has tool it, for you to make literally whatever you want. Has it been confirmed that you can download um, games that other people have made via search functions? Yes, to an extent. Uh, it's going to be very similar, at least in, in, in... Like, like let's say if I see a really cool game on Reddit that somebody made in Dreams. Can I go download that game from my Dreams? Yes. That's, cool. that's, that's the whole point. all I wanted. Yeah. Now, we don't know if there's going to be other layers of that, and I still think... And we're actually going to get to that in a, in a second about the uh, the RPG Maker MV. I still think it would be quite becoming of PlayStation and Media Molecule to see the foresight of letting this, and I think it still might be down the road, who knows, but letting this be kind of a intro publisher thing where you can roll through, make an entire game in Dreams as an engine, um, and then publish the game through Dreams and have it to where... Because this is where you'd really be able to monetize the game. And I've said this exact thing before, but I really think it's an important thing that it would be smart for them to do. If Since they're not doing it right now, I either have to imagine that it's either down the road and they do have a plan Excuse for me. it, or they have numbers that they've seen that show that it probably wouldn't be a great idea. Who knows? But essentially, the way that RPG Maker MV works is that you, pub- you make a game in it, you publish it, and then there's an app on PlayStation 4 that anybody, even if you don't own RPG Maker, can go download and then you can download games from that game from there really cool feature so i think the way that whenever they first announced that i was like that would be a brilliant way for dreams to do this uh make it to where you can make a game entirely in dreams uh and how do you really get creators to not only buy your game but stick with it for long periods of time and get other people who are creative to potentially buy in and see what it's about you make it to where you can monetize it i think that would be amazing have a separate app that people can go it's just like a the dreams games app would be like, you know, the name or something along those lines. Uh, And you can open it up and any game that anybody's published, you can either download directly in Dreams or you can download separate of Dreams if you wanted to. You could have it to where people can monetize if they wanted to uh, or release for free if they wanted to. If they monetized, uh, Media Molecule and Sony would get a percentage of that back so that there would be an incentive for that. So when people buy it, the creator has an incentive because they're getting a a back-end uh, you know, monetary incentive for the work that they put into the game. And then, of course, the developers are getting a monetary incentive for making a game that's so easy and fun to make games in for people who otherwise might have some barriers. I think if right. you can kind of do that and pull off at that, you can have it to where there's a number of people who'd want to hop in, see what Dreams is about, uh, see if how easy it is and if they can make something that... And it, what's great about it is it doesn't even have to be a game. You could essentially make an animated movie in Dreams if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, or animated shorts. And then you could put those out for free. And if you get a big enough following, you could start to go, you know what? People are really liking these. How about I put a monetary incentive on it? People just throw me a dollar and they can watch this this 25-minute animated short or whatever I've done. Uh, I just think that there's endless possibilities of that. And... If you're trying to sell dreams on how it's different than than Little Big Planet and how and of course you can see some of the extent as to why, uh, but also why it was justifiable that it took this long, that seems to be the the most obvious path in my head forward to make something really interesting. The only caveat would be if they would find a way to allow trophy support in the game. It, if you can allow them to publish the game on Dreams, then there has to already be some kind of a, a, a filtering setup to make sure you're not putting what they consider to be inappropriate content on there. So at the same point, I would like it if you if you decide that you want to put trophies in your game, that you can ask that 
and it'll go through some kind of a thing where they look and make sure the trophies aren't just ridiculous and trying to be literally ridiculous, easy platinum grass. Right. Unfortunately, the cool move they made with letting you earn trophies to get reward points for so many rewards means that they have to watch that a little closer. They can't just let you make a game with endless trophies easily. I don't think I don't think you'll be able to earn trophies because you could abuse it. Yeah, but I think there's too many there's too many loopholes in which you can really mess them up. Oh no, not Dreams game itself will probably have trophies. I really imagine it will. No, but, I'm talking about games. Yeah, games. That, I, I, that's just the that's the dream of what I wish would happen is that they would find a way to make it to where you could easily put in trophies as long as they went through i mean even if you if you really had faith in your game that you would sit there and build this time forward and you knew that you were going to monetize it for this month uh, this um, this much you know like say i'm going to make this game five dollars but everybody can play it and download it for five dollars on playstation 4 if they wanted to all they have to do is download this free app um and then pay for the game but you know the the way that they might be able to work that out uh, is make it like they do for real games where you have to send your game in to an extent for certification. And if you want to send your game in for certification, they'll go through, look at the game, have somebody make sure that there's nothing crazy for it. Um, if, if that needs, you know, then they could essentially do the same with trophies. They could look at the trophies that you've put into the game. They'd have to find a way, obviously, in the in the game to make it to where you can ping a trophy and make your own trophy. But it would be a great way to do it. It just it might be technologically impossible. Yeah, or, uh, or just too or, time consuming. Or too time consuming. Resource but if you paid, consuming. you know, say you paid fifty dollars, if not more. I really don't know the price that would make it justifiable uh, for Sony to have it worth their time. But maybe two hundred bucks, maybe five hundred bucks. You pay five hundred bucks, you get trophies in your game, you put your game out there with the potential to sell at five hundred or uh, at five dollars. Uh, as long as a hundred people buy it, you've just made your investment back. You know, yeah. if you know that you made a good game, it's it's the potential's there. Oh, I, I agree. Think. So it's just an interesting way forward for it. But any other thoughts on dreams in general? No, I'm just I'm really excited. I think it's gonna be a really fun and uh I think it's I think it's really gonna capture what the future of gaming will be here real soon. So many people are split on it. Did you download the or did you download? Did you sign up for the beta? The creator? No, beta? I don't I really have time to do that right now. Sure. Um, I did and depending on I what played. the rules are for it, I'm going to attempt if possible to stream i'm going to look and see what the rules are um if it allows streaming and if it does uh, i would i think that'd be a fun thing for uh, me to stream on ps4 um on twitch let so. me know when you go live on twitch because i can subscribe to you on my amazon prime as you all should <laughs> i don't know if we can do subscriptions because i don't think we're uh, probably not affiliated, affiliated anymore. anymore but we'll see uh, anyway, that said, next thing up, Diablo 3's yearly darkening of Tristam event is now live, letting players find a portal to Diablo's past, as they say. Uh, the portal allows players to experience Diablo 1-themed, randomly generated levels that feature the original Diablo's four bosses at the end of the series of levels. Uh, so this is going on until January 31st, if you want to hop in and do it. It's just something fun. Um, it, you know... I still think that there's quite a clamoring for them to either remaster or remake Diablo one or two. Um, but this is closest you're going to get to it for a little bit. So Excuse unfortunately, me. Saul next up, this one's kind of interesting. If you are looking forward to far cry new dawn and have played far cry five or have it and have yet to start it, then you might want to get onto it uh, because players who complete the intro of Far Cry 5 can expect the rookie outfit to be automatically unlocked for you in New Dawn. You can only get it if you played Far Cry 5. Um, for players who beat Far Cry 5's main story, they will have access to the Sin Eater, an Eden's Gate-themed double-barrel shotgun skin that will be available in the game as soon as you start playing uh, and also only available if you played Far Cry 5. Uh, so there's no stat bonuses on any of these things. They're purely cosmetic but they're just cool easter eggs um 
and that's a nice way to see them moving forward for it. So, what do you think of that song? It's pretty cool. I like how uh, basically is 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 Dawn a standalone or is it DLC? No, it's standalone. Okay, that's a, that's kind of a cool thing to do for just like they did for Primal. The only thing I would say is that to that's I, right, yeah. I like that they're saying that it's meant to be this uh, this Easter egg thing for fans of the series, but why would it be Easter eggs for fans of the series when all of them are just Far Cry 5 related items? It would have been way cooler to try and do a couple of items, like maybe something that ties like a malaria, in. malaria uh, injection needle thingy. Or something, you know, whatever it be. For your health, your stim... It's not called stim pack, that's Fallout. <laughs> I already get this series confusing over the names as it is. Yeah, but I think that, that would have been way cooler. Have an item from two that would tie into that. Have an item from three that would tie into him. Uh, four as well. You know, I, I just think that there's ways that they could have played that off. Even if it's outfits, since they let you choose how you look, even though you never see your character. Stupidest thing. I, mean, I don't even want to get into that. As much as I think Far Cry 5 was a fun game, the story and some of the weird changes they made, like having you choose if you're going to be a, a male or a female, which is really not that big of a deal. That's actually more reasonable than making me change my character who I can't see at all throughout the entire game. So, But I guess I know that if I wasted an hour changing my clothes that I look that way, look even if I can't see fresh. it. Um, fresh to death. <laughs> next thing up is for those who constantly berate the game for taking so long to release, Nomura and Yasu... I may be butchering that last name of the second one. Recently confirmed that the engine change from Luminous, which is the in-house engine from Square Enix that's used in Final Fantasy 15, to Unreal Engine 4 was decided by higher-ups and not the developers. Uh, so that's really interesting because I already thought that and you assume that, but you have this thing where it's like, well, maybe the developers were having a hard time with Luminous and they felt like they needed to move away from it because it was too hard to develop for. Well, now that I'm seeing that it was more of a decision forced down on Square, I find it even more interesting because Square sabotage in their own engine that they put years into and they only put one game out on that engine. Yeah, and, and it, it was, was a mediocre it, game, and it was fifteen. So it's it's not the best show of that engine, really. I no. think even from a, a performance perspective, uh, the game didn't launch in a great state. Now I will say this: the PC version of the Luminous engine and the PC version of fifteen is actually really, really good. But it's really power hungry, and you have to excuse me, you have to have a good setup. Oh yeah, I've heard. Um, uh, I've heard fifteen is really it runs really well on computers, but it just it's it requirements can be ridiculous. Yeah, to the get requirements as good are as quite want. high. Yeah. yeah, but it does look really good, uh, and it, that's an example of a game coming to PC. And I never got to see Monster Hunter World support. Oh, uh, from Capcom. It's pretty decent from what I've seen. But, I mean, you know, in these days, if you get a solid port that it even lets you change some things, you're doing better. I mean, the Dark Souls port to PC was god-awful. Um, but people fix that. That's the upside of PC. The first Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition, you couldn't. Ch there was no frame rate changing. It was all locked. Oh, okay. And people had to go through and, and make a, you know. Dark Souls 3 ran like buttery smoothness. Oh, I'm sure. But that was after Eight games. Years, yeah. 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 So there is there is that. But um Last thing I guess I'll say is that they said the forced change to the development or the forced change set the development back by a year or so and affected the original schedule, probably having to get used to using the or trying to actually adopt the kingdom shader, which is what they use uh, into Unreal 4 versus what they were doing in Luminous. I'm sure it definitely messed with them, but, uh, you know, I was a I get why it's easy to be bummed that a game that was shown uh, the first P, the first E3 before PS4 even dropped is just now coming out, you know, five years into the PlayStation's life cycle. It's unfortunate, but I don't necessarily think it was intended by Nomura. And I think this is a perfect example of people saying that 
And it may be true that to an extent he takes a little too long. That was a common complaint of uh, Kojima as well, actually. Um, but I think some of it also does come down to the, the company and how their weird decisions force you to sometimes take longer on things. I don't necessarily know that 13 versus the original form of uh, 15 was a result of Nomura being indecisive about what he's wanted to do. Or, and to some extent, we've seen that it was definitely his team getting pulled off to support the development of 13, which was a very odd way to go about things. I just, Square Enix have made a lot of odd decisions, and it's unfortunate, you know. Um, but that's okay. Next up, RPG Maker MV, like we talked about, uh, was originally intended to release in uh, the West in February, on February 26th, but has been officially delayed, citing only a general 2019 release window right now. That's for North America and European uh, releases. It released in mid-November in Japan, so I can only imagine that localization is giving it some kind of problems or that the Japanese version released with some issues that they're wanting to shore up before they go ahead and push the game out over here. Yeah, um, I could see that. Unfortunate, but it happens. Uh, Sonic Teams, and I'm actually interested in this because I'm one of the weird people that love it. Even though I think a lot of our generation love it. So I'm not going to say weird. Uh, but Sonic Team's head has discussed fans' reverence of the Sonic Adventure series alongside the team not doing anything, or specifically Sega not doing anything with the series in a long time. He remarked, per- quote, perhaps the first step in bringing it back would be a remake, end quote. I would love... I would too. A Sonic Adventure remake. And I would, obviously there's some things that they would have the added benefit of. And there's some things that would be unfortunate that would miss out on. So the most obvious miss out on thing. City Escape. Well, no, I mean, City Escape is the, is Adventure 2. I know. I'm just saying if they remake one, they got to remake two. Well, they can. They got to get the license to remake or they put City Escape back in there. I think they own the rights to all the music they use in those games because they get a band to do it for them. I wouldn't be surprised um, considering uh, that song was made for that game. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it, even then, I think uh, the the grander thing is, and there's ways to do it. Uh, one of the things that people would, I would imagine, would be worried about, I know I am, is that I don't know if you ever did it because you didn't. Did you ever play any of the Sonic Adventure games on Dreamcast? Yeah, two. I didn't play one. Okay. On, or no, no, no. I got that backwards. I played two on GameCube, one on Dreamcast. Okay. Did you ever do the memory card Tamagotchi pet with a child? Yeah. Dude, I love that. And I would think that that would be a really cool thing for them to pull back in. I just don't know if they would. Now, or, how do they how, do it? Yeah. Phones. No. No, no. You got to recreate a Dreamcast memory card specifically <laughs> for this. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Have it like a SNES Mini, but have basically have the memory card for this. It would essentially become... I get where you're going... But here's the thing: it would it would essentially be you know dedicated hardware that they'd be making for a group of people who might not buy it. I actually, no joke, if they, I would buy all of if them. they made a recreation of the Dreamcast memory card shape size and everything, and it was a little Tamagotchi pet thing, and it was like twenty bucks or maybe thirty bucks, and it let you switch between and, and load stuff onto it. I would probably do it because I think a lot of fans of the Sonic Adventure series would. It was one of the coolest features of the Genesis. I really loved it. I mean, it was just cool. So I, I think that there's, there's obviously that, but I think outside of that, they can in, update the controls a little bit. Maybe the camera fluidity. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have it because that lock camera would sometimes get on your nerves. Oh, not sometimes a lot, but that was definitely early flaw, on. Yeah. But, flaws of the game that we loved. Yeah, that's true. I, and I, I agree that they would have to, at that point, go ahead and try and remake and reimagine Sonic Adventure 2 and then go on and finally make the long-wanted Sonic Adventure 3, potentially. Yeah. If it's received well. I'd play them all. I'd play all three I of would. Them. I would. I love those games. Uh, and I think, didn't they... Do you remember... <laughs> Got places to go, so I got to follow my rainbow. Um, do you remember... Was Sonic he- uh, Heroes or whatever it's called? I'm not, not Heroes. Um, 
was it? What's the newest Sonic? Sonic Forces. Um, yeah, I was like, Forces is the newest one. Yeah. Mania is the second newest was one. Was Sonic Forces $40? I think it was. I don't think it was. I'm going to look that up. Pretty sure, because I'm pretty sure you have it reversed. Sonic Mania was 40 or 30 Sonic Mania was 20 it oh, yeah, was not, right. yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a full right. release. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe Sonic Forces was 40 I, I think it was, and if so, I think that's the right pricing structure for that game. Definitely, even a remake of Adventure, I think that's the right yeah, way to look I, at those I, games. I think that a, unless it's a collection, a remake should always cost $40 or under. Yep, $40 okay. for Sonic Forces. I, know, I, was, I was thinking, because I, I probably wasn't that interested in it. Well, I mean, because like, okay, I think that they would have had a leg to stand on to let the Ratchet remake that they did or reimagining whatever you want to say for PS4 be $60. They could have. No. But they did I it would, at 40 Well, that was a remake. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about a remaster. No, this would be the same with Adventure. They're saying a remake. Not a remaster. Oh, yeah, I guess that is true. So, I mean, but so even then, Sonic Forces, an entirely oh. new game, was 40 I just think that it's... Uh, okay, another example of Sony playing with this pricing range. Sly Cooper Thieves in Time was also $40 brand new on PS3 and Vita. Um, it's smart for the type of games they are. They don't tend to have multiplayer, so replayability kind of is a little lessened by that. Um, but it's also better than having a shoehorn shoe multiplayer in. So I think in that sense, it makes a lot of sense for them to say... Pull it at a lower price. More people will be more likely to buy it at the lower price than sixty dollars. So you, what you lose well, in the twenty dollars, yeah. you make back up by people being a little more confident to purchase. I mean, yeah, I I think that it, you know Sonic Adventure Two specifically would have to go upwards to around fifty dollars, and that would be the ceiling for me. I would pay forty. Now you think you said have to? Now you? Or no, you, I think so, no, I'm talking about for me to be fed up with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. If so, if it passed 50, if it passed like, 50, even if it got to 50, I would still probably buy it, but I'd be a little more hesitant. But yeah, if it passed 50, I'm passing it until it goes on sale. I just honestly think that platformers that don't have an online component makes a lot of sense to stay at that $40 price range. I know Nintendo would argue with their uh, Nintendo tax, but you know, I, I think that there's no reason to say that the newest Mario game shouldn't have just been $40, but that's an argument I might be in alone. So on the off chance that I am, we'll move along. Next thing up is Bioware has confirmed that while legendary weapons will be available at Anthem's launch, the game will not have armor sets at launch. This lends credence to my thoughts that I, I mentioned before that the armor plays a purely cosmetic role, but there is a chance, and it's really hard to get from what they're saying. Uh, somebody asked um, on Twitter, and he didn't really answer in the way I would have liked to see. The first thing came from them asking if there would be armor that you could put together that would essentially be a set where wearing more pieces of that armor or the full set of armor gives you some kind of a benefit, be it a, uh, you know, a specific stat bonus or maybe a specific, um, I'm trying to think of what you would even call it, uh, an effect on you, you know, whether it be that maybe you can double jump or, you know, fly longer or whatever it be. Uh, that's still potentially possible, but it also does corroborate the fact that they mentioned that armor in the game will not be tied to your stats. Do you remember that a, yeah, a couple weeks back? I kind of like that a lot too because it's more of an aesthetic thing and a style thing more than a, a build thing, which is a double-edged sword because I like it when I have a build that looks really cool. And it's almost like when I play enough and when y'all play enough with me, if y'all see me wearing a certain set, it's like, oh, he's doing this instead of that today. It's kind of a cool feeling. Sure. I, I'm with you on that. And uh, spe Speaking of which, last night I was – I had this new chess piece that I got from a uh, etched Ingram. Uh, so, you know, the, the new Ingrams they give you for the Eververse uh, for the black armory. Um, but anyway, it was, it, 
new and it looked really cool and i was like man i actually really like this i really it just brought back my feelings of the chromatic fire is just an ugly chest you got uh was it for your warlock yeah it's the power rangers uh chess piece isn't it the one like the big old like half yeah circle? but yeah. i like it and i'm not even a power rangers fan but it ugly looks good. as sin <laughs> i like it no i guess here's the thing it's not the coolest looking thing i've seen for the warlock but it looks better than the chromatic fire no dude the the, the dawning the the the, the 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 dawning uh gear for the warlock was some of the best looking warlock gear they've ever made i didn't get to play the dawning enough sadly so i didn't really get anything from it uh, but oh well anyway well, I, i'm curious to see how this works because i'm just i'm really excited for the game and i really think that it will really kind of add that that spice of variety into what i've been wanting lately so here's the here's the one thing that the the obvious caveat that people are worried about and i don't think that this is true some people are worried that all armor stuff is going to be tied to microtransactions because of it being ea but do you remember early on they said there won't be microtransactions or at least pay to win they've specifically stated that so and it sounds like in what they're saying is that there's not necessarily but there's going to be something for monetary benefit right i've seen across a couple of things and i don't know if it was necessarily related to them or not that there was not going to be paid dlc but instead they'll just be general updates that continue to happen but if they don't have paid dlc I mean, I'm fine. Then how do you make your money? You have to have Cosmetics. some kind of cosmetic microtransaction. I'm fine with that, too. I am, too. Very Overwatch-style uh, system. If, if they have it to where there's still plenty that you can unlock in the game, which I would imagine is going to be what happens, I am sure that's going to be what happens, um, then it's fine to an extent. But I am, I'm curious to see how it affects the gameplay as a whole because it's, it's odd thinking about what this game is doing, which in some ways you can continuously see that it looks like their take on Warframe meets Destiny. And it looks very, very closely like that too. Yeah, so it's just hard to imagine where they go because even Warframe, even though it gets considered uh, the poster boy for how to do a free-to-play game with microtransactions, there still are some unfair benefits to it where it's not pay-to-win, but it's pay to speed the hell out of everything. Because, like, you know, if you have to get... Oh, that's beautiful. Dude, the dawning set for the Warlock is... Beautiful. Dope. Like... Yeah. Uh, anyway. Sorry for, sorry for those listeners that... Uh, <laughs> I had to show Brett the... Like, oh, I'm so happy I got it all. Uh, anyway, did you... So what I was getting at is, have you seen uh, that whenever you're playing Warframe... Because you haven't played as much as me. Uh, whenever you go, you have to get a foot... You have to get a blueprint... You have to get the materials for the blueprint. You have yeah. to make it. Then you have to wait for the blueprint so to finish making. Right. And then there's there's intervals in that in which you can pay to speed it up, right? I don't know about that because I haven't really done... I don't want to spend money in the game. I haven't spent a dime even though I I don't have a problem with it. If I played it more often, I would have spent money on it by now, but I just hadn't. Or maybe there's um, a component to getting... Uh, but apparently you can buy faster. certain things where you're guaranteed the blueprint. You're guaranteed yeah. uh, to make it quicker. Yeah, so like you could buy schematics or whatever they're called, and then you'll get stuff yeah. faster that way. I'm fine with that kind of stuff, too. It, but I do get why it, it can irk some people, because it's not pay to win, but in a way it is because it quickens the, your ability to get a gun that is far better than what I do if I don't pay money. It's a weird balance thing, but... Uh, next up, Neo 2's director recently mentioned that an update on the game is hopeful for early 2019. So we kind of mentioned that we hadn't seen it since E3 2018. Uh, and then Sony talking about not having an E3, uh, which is typically the first uh, real showing of the year uh, for games media coverage. It is interesting. So this sounds like what we kind of talked about. Depending on how they're March. wanting to do this, it's going to be something that either is handled through Bandai Namco, or not Bandai Namco, Tecmo team. Koi. Yeah, Tecmo um, Koi or Team Ninja. Uh, yeah, one of them too is going to have a. There's a lot of there's events coming up for like Dynasty Wars and stuff. They could show these things uh, anyway, and then they could eventually they they could show it on their own, or Sony could do it through the PlayStation Ninja blog. Theory. 
I always get those two confused. It's Team Ninja. It's but like, Team Ninja. I, every time yeah. I say, when we're talking about Hellblade, I'm like, oh, it's Team Ninja. I'm like, nope. Ninja Theory. I'm, right. I'm super excited for Neo 2. I very well may do a blind run for that for Saul Plays. All right, last one before we move into the uh, the one that kind of spurred the topic of discussion here. Boundless, uh, which if you've not seen it, is described by many as Minecraft meets No Man's Sky with a little bit of like a portal thing in there because you can open these portals up. I played the game at PSX 2017 and I actually really thought it was a, it was a cool game. I still have my little wrist bracelet for it. Uh, it's changed a little bit since then. With what they're doing on this, it's not free to play, but it looks really fun. I think that this would be a fun way now that they're doing these things to do a triangle squared community play of this, if possible, with people who are interested in it. So if you like those types of games, uh, hit us up. If there's it enough looks, interest, it I good. will, I will try it. it. Uh, but anyway, the it's receiving a big update in the way of Empire. So this new update. Oh, it's out already. What well, boundless? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. I didn't even know this game was out. Yeah. Um, so the it, the the Empire's update brings with it new building materials, uh, including LED blocks. So it's kind of interesting. You can change the color of them. You can change pulsing patterns and stuff like that. Uh, you can. It'll have a new guild system, including roles that are earned. So from everything I've read about it, it sounds like what they're doing is that you don't just make a guild and then determine yourself as the leader uh, necessarily. I don't know if that's true, but if nothing else, you you join as like an operative or whatever, and then you can earn points by doing stuff together and doing team hunts and whatnot and then eventually you could work your way up to the role of director i like the idea of a guild that doesn't just let you go well hey i'm, I'm in the, the guild so i'm the leader yeah and then i like you so i'm gonna make you ahead now of course that works and that guild structure has been around for a long time but if you're going to do it based off of a merit system that is ingrained in the game and can't be abused i kind of like that idea the game looks beautiful Oh, dude, it's really pretty. I've never seen or heard of this game until now. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've I talked, talked about, about it, it but yeah. I've completely forgotten. Yeah, but it looks it looks fine. It goes on sale decently often, but even forty dollars, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I got really scared when I saw like the limited bundle, and it was like sixty. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I'm not paying um, sixty for this game yet. But yeah, check out the game if you haven't. Uh, and if it looks interesting, to y'all, and, and we have enough people mentioned that they want to play it, I'd be glad to buy it and play it. I mean, yeah, I like that it. It, it takes the idea of Minecraft and just pushes it even further because my biggest complaint about Minecraft is eventually it gets boring because it's not really meant to be a normal game with challenges to it uh, outside of the end, you know, the Ender Dragon. That's the only part of the game that's really engagingly fun in a way that feels like it's a goal. That's one of the things I loved about Terraria. There's real bosses and there's a goal towards getting to the boss and there's a reason that killing that boss gives you something so that you can work towards killing the next boss because you get better gear from it. That's not something Minecraft has. This has got group hunts in it. So you can actually group together and go out and do a, a big hunt. I like that idea and building materials and stuff like that. It just seems like the best of both worlds in a way that just really works well. And, the, and then the idea of it is like you walk down hallways and you can look and there's portals up and you walk into it and you're on a new planet. And those are... Can you fly ships? I don't know. It, when I played the beta, or not the beta, when I played the PSX build, they weren't in the game yet. But that's um, something that possibly could be. But they day. could be. I don't know. But that's you can also open portals at your own will if you have a portal gun and the ability. Like you have to have the materials that's to make cool. it. cool. I like that idea. And like as soon as you walk through, there's no loading. It's, it, it's just like it, you walk through and it's there. And you're in a new planet. It's really, really interesting. I might have to check into this further. 
yeah look at it more so if y'all like that right now uh the, the last thing that they're adding is a messaging system for better easier communication uh that's galaxy wide as they say or universe wide so you can see you can message people no matter where they're at they don't have to be on the same planet as you or any kind of weird thing uh currently there's no release date given for the update but the pc version of the game on steam has had the test servers have these uh, these functions up for a couple of weeks so it's probably really close to a full release on pc and then closely followed by a ps4 version um Last thing we're going to talk about, though, uh, is going to essentially move us into our main topic. And just for those of you who may not have joined us recently or coming in on this one, this is originally where reader mail would go. But we have since removed reader mail as a section from the show. We still appreciate the questions. We still love them. We still like answering them. But what we've done in the past when we did our monthly reader mails, uh, we liked that they were a little more loose off the cuff and that we can be a little more crazy and you know cuss if we want to cuss, uh, be a little dirty or whatever. Not that we necessarily aim to do that, but if the questions lend themselves that way, we can have a little more loose fun. And then we reserve this show for having small wisecracks and jokes, but primarily our focus here is to give you our opinions on things. And to be somewhat professional. Yeah. Uh, so in that... Casual professional. Yeah. In, in, in that effort, we're going to take that section out of the show. It helps the show stay a little more focused uh that way when we do kind of do random talks it's mainly reserved for the beginning of the show and doesn't get lost again on reader mail uh we can go ahead and move into the main topics and talk to them at length and not feel like we ended up spending too much time because we do have real jobs and real families. Uh, and sadly this isn't our day job. This isn't something that we no. can go, well, no, we can go ahead and stay here for, excuse me, for three hours and talk until we're just done we sometimes do have places we have to be and we have to go, well, we accidentally spent a little too much time on a great question. And that means that we might have to pull back here. And um, it, it's going to work out really well too, because the first one you're going to see is the 18th uh, or 19th of uh, January. So two Fridays from, or actually it'll be the next Friday of the Monday this releases. And it is the 18th. So you guys will see that bi-weekly go up there. And then of course it'll follow again on the very first of February. And then of course, so on and so forth. Yeah, uh, and we're not worried about cutting the length of those necessarily. We're not doing it bi-weekly so that they're quicker. That's a natural byproduct of the amount of questions we have now. But if y'all right. pump, if we get a bigger audience or you know more of the community starts pumping in more questions, and we're taking them from more places, Patreon, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, it's not so limited anymore. Uh, then, of course, if we get more questions, we'll answer more questions. If we get to a point where every two weeks we're doing another hour and a half or two-hour long one, uh, we'll, we'll continue to work with our schedules and, and learn how to schedule our personal lives around these things as they continue. And that's going to be part of us moving into these new show ideas that we're talking about doing on the channel as well. So these are all things that you're going to have to bear with us a little bit as we learn and, and get used to doing them bi-weekly. The first couple might be short. Uh, if we're not getting enough questions, if y'all are pumping enough questions to us and it'll probably air itself out and balance out. Uh, but you yeah, know, so be sure to ask us questions in the YouTube comments. And anytime you see the tweet go up on Twitter, you can go find the tweet right now on Twitter. Uh, it will be up and it stays up pretty much constantly. Like I, it, I will retweet it every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And you but know, if you could literally go to our profile at any time and the remail tweet will be there, and then you can ask uh, questions on it right then and there. What I may start doing is I may go ahead and delete our Discord pin from our Twitter since it's going to be on the YouTube link anyways, and I will pin the readermail question. And then it'll as long as it's pinned up there, which will be pretty much 24-7, you can ask a question on it to make it easier for those instead of having to find uh, a Twitter feed. And it's also going to help with us. There, you, You'll see that we have a couple people like Donovan who love long episodes, in which this will 
help with that because relatively the episodes will stay the same length unless it's shorter topics, kind of like what this one is to not. So this may not be an average length episode, but then for the majority of it, it will be. And it's basically us having 30 more minutes of us talking about the topic or stuff in news where we don't feel pressured that we have, we're on a time limit. So yeah. I think it works out for everybody. And you get you guys get a show every Monday and, of course, uh, every Friday, every two weeks. For now, we may have something soon for that as well uh, for a little bit more of a busier schedule. But yep. And I slacked this week, though. Also, we were trying to take a little bit of a, a weird thing with the December read coming up. I slacked and didn't end up putting it on Facebook like I intended to but I because I just forgot, to be honest. I just set myself my reminder to Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday always remind me at noon to post those up. So if you're with us on Facebook and you are you know worried right now that you've missed those, I'm remedying that. And we were also, like we said, starting to do uh, at least a post once a week on Patreon for those people. And of course, YouTube is there as well. But now we will move into the main topic and not spend any more time on that. Uh, the, the, basically, the catalyst for the topic is that this past week, the curse of most licensed games, sadly, uh, and a big reason that people cite and, and I definitely understand this, an argument against an all-digital future is that both LEGO Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, so both LEGO games, have been removed from all digital stores, PC, Xbox, everything. Uh, the likely reasoning from what everybody's looking at, because there was no official reasoning given, uh, but those specifically where the other LEGO games like Harry Potter and whatnot are not being, you know, I, I, I should say removed, um, it's partially because there was real dialogue and music that was included from the original movie releases. Uh, and people love that. They felt like it actually elevated the games. Uh, and unfortunately what that means is that those licenses to use those, that voice acting dialogue and the, that music have expired. And that's why these had to be pulled. Uh, we've seen it with a number of games, uh, the amazing Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, uh, two games, both of those have been pulled. Deadpool has been pulled. There are a ton of games that are licensed that get pulled due to these exact errors, uh, and, or not errors, I should say, but these exact limitations of dealing with licensed properties. Sometimes those licenses expire, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Now, that leads to a number of odd questions, like, you know, this tends to be, uh, it for like we said, licensed products. So, uh, as Spider-Man for PS4 that just came out from Insomniac being a licensed game, would it face the same fate? I think the answer is pretty clearly no. I mean, it's a bigger game uh, with a bigger budget pushed behind it, and Marvel themselves were very complicit in wanting to get this out and, and up their gaming name by working with big people. So I don't imagine that they would let this one necessarily fade out, but there are plenty of games that have had this happen to before. So it's the catalyst of kind of going, well, in these situations, Liam is a good testament to this. He wanted to play Amazing Spider-Man 2 before Spider-Man PS4 came out. So what he had to go do was look for a physical version, and because of their removal from digital stores, this is unfortunate, um, the price skyrocketed for, for physical copies. But here's the benefit. Him as somebody who did not buy the game digitally ahead of time gained the benefit of, despite it being removed from this digital store, he may have had to pay a lot of money to get a physical copy of the game, but he was at least able to obtain a game that he had not necessarily had at the time because he originally traded it in. He wanted to replay it. Um, so it led him to a point where, let's just say he had never played the game. He would have been locked out of playing the experience if it was digital only because at that point, a digital only license uh, for a game or you know whatever you want to say for it is... It's At the end good. of the day, it's only good for the people who bought the game up until it's, for it's, those it's that expiration. For license. 
So it, it causes the problem of if I, if you told me right now, I never played Amazing Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man 2, and you said, hey, those games are actually weirdly good, go check it out and see if you like it. Well, if we already were in a digital future, you know, if we were in that all digital territory that people kind of ask for, I would have the limitation of not being able to experience that game just because of that. So I think that this is a great example and- Good. All of the physical games uh, would skyrocket because of that. Yeah, so actually the other benefit for this inadvertently is that if you are somebody, I guess that's what I'd say, buy all digital all you want, but when it comes to games that you know are licensed, might be a good idea to go ahead and buy Just those physical. Just don't buy movie games. But that tip or buy them physical. has always been... A thing. I mean, I'm with you, but at the same time, why not just buy physical? That way, if you don't like it, keep it. You're not going to get a lot of trade-in out of it anyway if it's really bad. And for the people that do want it and they stop selling it on the game store, you, you may be able to make, you know, you may have bought the game at $40, $60. Who knows? You might have got it caught it on that little $20 physical sale when they're trying to clearance it out. It gets pulled off of the stores. People start wanting it just because it's not available at all digitally. And then suddenly this $20 that you spent turns into a game that you can sell for $80. And I just checked. The average price of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 on PS4 is $180. Yeah. It's, for a physical copy. It is ridiculous. So, uh, so that's that's where all the collectors and stuff, that's where it really comes in handy. And I think that a nugget of that, I don't want to say hoarding, but like a nugget of that uh, that hobby comes from is like maybe one day everything I'm collecting will be worth millions. Yeah, and it and it does exist. Definitely Everybody with, who collects Funko Pops has that in their brain. Yeah. Well, and then other people just like them, but there's always that back end of like, not only do I like them, they it's, might it's be always, worth It's a always a money. pro, yeah. It's always a pro to that con that you think might be there is that, hey, this... Um, like Brett got a beer as pop. You know, I got a beer as pop too. I, I, got, I did not know that you did not, or you did not get one. I didn't know that you didn't have, oh. you didn't get it, that you got a beer as pop. I should I, say I did. Uh, it's one of the ones I kept. I did not throw out that one in Venitas. And I, I think one more, I, I can't remember. I throw all my other pops out, um, including super Saiyan God, super Saiyan Goku <laughs> and yeah. ultra instinct Goku red hair. Okay. That's like a $300 pop. You have that? Yes. Where'd you get that from? Hot Topic. Recently? No. Like, <laughs> like one when of it first came out. Yeah. I must say, I was like, man, our Hot Topic is a gold mine. No, then. I didn't have it. I was just kidding. I didn't think I was, so. I was hoping you'd come over here and slap me in the face for throwing it out. But no. Um, oh, I didn't even pick up on that part. I was just more like, Saul didn't have this many pops. But anyway. I, I did have a lot. I had like look, 12. To get back on focus of what we're talking no, about. Yeah. Pop PlayStation podcast. This is something that does happen. I mean, it, there is that nugget of like, well, hey, buying something, keeping it, it might be worth it. But going to the main point of it is that there are obvious issues that we've not necessarily had a real reason. Because like some people say we're ready for the digital future and it could technically happen starting today or at least starting with the PS5. I would be ready. I don't think we're there. And there's a number of reasons we're not. Just because you can say that for the most part, most licenses, what most licensed games are not good, to an extent, you also can't control the, the longevity of licenses and how hard it is sometimes to deal with trying to get licenses on. Um, a perfect example of why that just still is a problem sometimes is that the Kingdom Hearts games had never been digital prior to very recently because there was a lot of digital licenses where they could redo it physically and put the game on physically because they own the license in that realm, but they never had the license to distribute it digitally. So one of those examples is like the uh, Edgar Burroughs Rice domain. Uh, There's a big deal about Tarzan, and that's why Tarzan was never seen in another Kingdom Hearts games, for better or worse. Um, But that was one of the reasons that they couldn't do anything about that. Birth by Sleep at launch on PSP could not go onto the PSP Go that had just come out 
people were furious about. Isn't it the, the same way. thing for Crisis Core? Or it was Crisis Core digital. Crisis Core was not digital, but it came before digital was happening on PSP. That's right. And it sounds like the reason they never added it is again because of some digital licensing due to the song they used during the the post credit. Crazy. Uh, Just so remove the song. These are things that happen, though. It's easy. Um, I mean, maybe in that you, I think you've seen no, yeah, that happen. I, I, I don't you know. know. I was joking. I, it might be one of the hard. You might have to really tear down the game to get that song out of there. There's weird things that happen. So, like another example of, of weird things that could happen in this in this realm of what happens digitally and moving across platforms and stuff is that Super Meat Boy on PS4 uh, did not have the um, the soundtrack for the original Super Meat Boy game due to some kind of licensing fiasco. So they had to rescore the entire game with somebody else Absolutely and then nuts. put the thing on there. So these are things that can happen, and this is where licensing, I think, is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of actually having an all-digital future because it either eventually makes it to where a digital version has to be pulled due to licenses, uh, you know, length of uh, whatever. It's, it expires for them to not be able to no longer do it, and either they don't want to re-up it or the people won't let them re-up it. Those are two things. Because you could say, well, if they make sure it's a quality game, they'll have a reason to want to re-up it because people will continue to buy it. But that's just not always true. And then eventually still, there's going to hit a point where there's not a monetary incentive for them to renew it because that There's, system's old and the game's so old yeah, that nobody's people gonna buy it. either they've reached their sell through point or people just you know or, or people just don't want to buy it because it's too old so there's a number of reasons why those things happen and it's an unfortunate thing, but you know, knowing that I can buy a game, keep it forever if I decide to do so and then play it or worst case scenario, say that, you know, the new Spider-Man for PS4 does lose its license and can't be distributed digitally anymore. Then worst case scenario, even though I've already traded mine in, then I can say, you know what? If I really want to play that game, I can spend an inordinate amount of money just to go buy this game and experience it again. Uh, and you know, it's unfortunate but it's also at the same time, it kind of reinforces that hobbyist uh, in that aspect of like, you know, I may have to be, uh, pay $185 to get Spider-Man or Amazing Spider-Man 2, but now I have Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is worth a lot of money as well. And True. It's kind of like a show-off piece. True. There is that. Uh, but as far as like, I guess we can use this as to talk about what your thoughts about this are in general. I, I kind of, I guess, have spilt most of mine, uh, which I don't believe is a smart idea to go all digital because of things like this. I, I, but outside of that, are there any other weird things that you can consider as a cost and not monetary necessarily, but you know, the cost. So one of the aspects of this is that you lose the ability to potentially purchase a game and experience it. If you come after the limelight of the game being a big deal for some people. Um, and it, I just, I, I like to think of it this way. And if for some crazy reason, there was something in near uh, the original game, I did not get near at launch. I got it about two years maybe two and a half years after launch because i just heard enough good things about it and when i worked at gamestop i had a number of people come in and be like oh you haven't played it it's amazing and i kept hearing things and i eventually one day just broke down i was like i need to get this game um and so i did and actually that's a example of a game that went up in price right after i got it i, I think i paid 17 dollars for it and it was a pretty rare game because it didn't do well so uh it got harder and harder to find uh, throughout the PS3 generation at first, and then it went up to like $30, and now it's back down. Why um, did it jump up randomly? Just Nobody was trading it in. Supply-demand, simple. you know. I guess, yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's in that sense, I would to think that if I wouldn't say that that game had some kind of a weird license to it, and I wouldn't have been able to play it at all just because of that, and there was no way to get it, you know, they removed the digital license, and there was no way for me to get it, I would have felt really awful to have missed out on that experience. Now, you can say that, 
you don't know what you're missing out on if you don't get it anyway. But it's a it's an odd thing, and it, it, it shouldn't necessarily have to come to that. Uh, but are there any other worries that you can think of that are like a cost, not, be it monetarily or not, for not, what the digital future is? No, not really. For me, it's I am more so excited for the digital future, or I'm looking forward to seeing at least the progress and, and the way it evolves and how we lead into it. Um, okay, so I guess I'll reword my question slightly different. Do you think we should have an all digital no, yeah, future? You're not letting me get there. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, yeah, I understood your question, but um, I do. But it's really, really hard to imagine that is the way it will be 100% without there being such things like it's collector's editions. And, you know, there, it's crazy to think that in a time, probably not too far off, the same way we see floppy disk, we'll see Blu-rays. Yeah. That's definitely put. Actually, interestingly enough, I saw uh, an analyst uh, or a developer, one, I can't remember, uh, who mentioned that uh, the all digital future will not come with the PS5. It won't be diskless. Um, or, well, I guess I should say, it won't be non physical media, but it actually may use a cartridge. Nope. That'll never happen. I don't necessarily think so. And the cartridges main, are expensive. You can't get as much space on them. You can't. They, well, it's, actually, it's, they're endless space. But to pay for that space, you have to pay it's much more. Yeah, yeah, essentially, it's much more than a Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, that's one reason that Switch games like that's not the reason. That's not one of the main reasons. But that is a reason why Switch games are expensive. Yeah, one of the, the primary reasons to too pay. is that they're having. That's why certain games have to go this route of going. Uh, partial on the disc or partial on the cartridge and partial and the download rest, yeah. is because Nintendo's been slow about making the 64 gig cart. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, which I, I think may have been settled by now, but honestly, it was a problem. If, if we move to a cart based system and we had smaller, uh, like smaller cases, I would honestly probably go to probably go to physical collection again. I don't like disc. I have never liked disc. The only disc I've ever liked have been PS one disc. Cause they were black and they were cool. That's it. I like Blu-rays not because of how they like look or anything. I, I like, like Blu-rays because of their sturdiness. I've never had a Blu-ray fail. I, ne- I never have either. Now, that's another story for another day, but I'm pretty sure my uh, uh, my disc, uh, not my, yeah, my disc reader, my PS4 Pro is failing. It makes a, it makes a sound where it's like, and then it won't read the disc, and it sounds like it's ejecting something, and no disc comes out. And last night, like I tried to turn on my PS4 and it made that sound, and it would just it didn't boot up to a screen. So I had to, scary times. Yeah. So I really may be going on digital real soon. Um, but if they went to a cart based system, I'd actually prefer that over disc. I don't like disc. I don't like the way they look. I don't like I don't like the sizing of the uh, the cases because like those take up that takes up a lot of space to me. It does. And I actually my my favorite game case in general PSP. is a Vita. No, the Vita, oh, the case, Vita, was the Vita case was amazing, dude. They they were scaled appropriately. They weren't like that weirdly long like the Switch and PSP had, which are I like not awful. That. They're I okay. I like that a lot. I like both of the Switch and PSP cases. But I like the Vita case because it was essentially taking the PS4 case and just literally scaling it's, it downward yeah. proportionately. It's, it's a really cool case idea. They're and all they're both really cool. It had such little wasted plastic. You opened it up, there was enough spot for the cart and the kind of room around it to get your finger in to pop it out. And that was kind of it. And enough to it was enough extra room to be able to show you information while still having a really small case. And I do love that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I definitely agree that there's upsides to cartridges. I mean, loading t- t- loading times and whatnot for cartridges is all way better uh, dealing with solid state memory. Uh, so what, when you go off, you know, flash memory, whichever it be. 
But when you're going off of that, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I, I should just still say it, the all digital future is not here. That's what we were kind of leading to with that. Right. So, I mean, or whatever you, you were saying that you don't think that we'll go completely discless, but what are you finishing up with? That? I don't think we'll go completely discless and I don't think all our non-physical media, we should say. Right. Yeah. Because I think there will be something that will replace Blu-rays and I, I really hope it is. How funny would it be if GameCube was so far ahead of its time, the next Blu-ray disc is a GameCube size disc? Normal. Have you ever seen a disc for like, there's computer disc like that. Yeah. That's no. it though. Like driver disc. Normal, you know, normal rules would kind of tell you that if they're going to do that, it doesn't make sense. They would have already done it by now because. No, I know, but I'm just saying. That it would it's, be it's, odd. It's a humorous It would be odd. Thought, I'll give you that. Yeah, for me, I don't think I think that I will go all digital eventually. And I think that every I think a lot of people will, but I don't think it will be the norm. I think ninety eight percent probably if like or ninety five percent of people would be. I think what you'll see I don't think you it'll ever be forced. And if it will be, it will be like like I've said before in the next ten years. Yeah. I think that what you'll see is just an uptick as much as possible as internet gets more and more easily attainable or as people move into places with internet. But here's the thing. Corey may have moved into a house with internet, but somebody moved in the same house he was that couldn't get internet. So it's just a, a, a person for a person, yeah. essentially. Uh, but what ends up happening in those situations to me uh, is that you see Corey, who had no reason to buy digital because he literally couldn't use them, but now he's probably just because of a habit, he'll continue to buy a physical. I think what you'd see more than anything is that you'd have to see a generational shift. I almost think that people who grew up with physical gaming being a thing are going to have to Absolutely. die out for a physical to ever I wouldn't actually say die go out. out. I don't say, I don't I don't think dying out would be appropriate. I think becoming the minority would be. Maybe. I guess cuz well again that would that would come by new generations coming and then again people dying out. So like my dad obviously handled physical media, right? right. He's going to he's going to pass before me. I grew up with physical media. Now, I'm not as talking well. about anywhere so that far in the future. It's going to happen though, but I yeah, I think that it will never be as ubiquitous as people want to think or be a point where you're forced until enough people who actually grew up with it are gone because it's more it, we're involved with it. We think, oh, well, we've always had physical media. And while there is some benefits to, I mean, like, I will say this. I've gone, I, I, I go mixed. That's what I do even on PS4. If I catch a game digitally on sale because I have internet and it's on a good enough price that it's worth doing and not having to go to the store or maybe it's cheaper uh, digitally, I'll go ahead and, and do that and just say, hey, you know, best case scenario, I'll have it for as long as this service exists and hopefully we'll keep my license renewed. Um in that case, it makes sense. But in times, you know, like I say, with other people going out, I think it makes more sense that most people are going to do this mixed thing because everybody has this level of like, well, you just trust the physical because you have it. It's it's palpable. It's I in your hands. But, but you can let people borrow it. There's minor, there's, there's minor, minor arguments against that though. The disc could break. The disc. No, there, the, of course. There, there, there's a million. Yeah. Things. You're gonna have a house fire and your disc melt. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, and then and then it's just gone. I mean, yeah, it's, it's whereas gone. A, a digital license, you get a new system. You it's log always in. there. Now, at least you know nowadays, Nintendo was so dumb that if you if you burnt your 3ds. Everything no, you yeah, had on Nintendo, that there's a fatal gone. flaw in that in that system. Um, they, I honestly think that they shouldn't even. They like, fixed it with the switch. No, I know, but, but I, I honestly think they should have just revamped everything instead of just online. But anyways, uh, yeah, but that's where I was getting at. I do, I do, I do really think that here real soon you'll see a shift, and I'm not too entirely sure what it'll be. I want it to be digital games or uh, systems like the Switch and whatever Sony decides to do a new handheld that will be fully digital because it's 
all I need is that system in a case to carry it around, and I'll have everything with me. Sony, I swear to God, if you ever do another proprietary memory again, I will not buy your system. Okay, well, look, I'll give you that and, and what you were going with to an extent because that's essentially what I do with Vita now, right? I, I haven't gone literally all digital because I still own physical games. That's just how it goes. I mean, I have FIFA dig physically. I have uh, Dungeon Hunter Alliance physically. I have a couple of games uh, that I just managed to keep. I kind of want to borrow Dungeon Hunter. <laughs> oh, it's not bad. Um, it's, it's a fun, mindless Diablo clone. Yeah. So it that's wasn't. What it looks like. Yeah. But anyway, going off of that, yeah, I do understand the, the value on something that's and handheld. And I do think that trying, and I think that's why the PSP Go was far ahead of its time. I do think oh, I a, do too. Yeah. there was a reason that people would realistically say it's so much easier to carry this handheld around with no cases, no games, no weird case that well, has I, slots I, for cartridges. Saying, I, still, I still put my handheld in case. Yeah, I do too. Regardless, uh, mine's a little sleeve to make it even easier. Them but things are you know, stupid expensive. But you know, when you're when you're going off of that, it does make sense to say, well, this is a a, a system that's meant to be easily packed away, taken with you. You're on a, you're on a train. Definitely, if you're in like a train, New York, and you don't want to have to try and pull out all this stuff and show people, you just have your thing. You go and you swipe to the home screen. You you load up a new game. I do. I haven't bought a physical game for Vita, um, and over two years. Yeah, with my new Vita, I I had Persona Four Golden physical, downloaded it digital. Uh, instead of getting this guy a three, I got this guy a three digital. I, and I don't plan. And the same goes for the Switch, Stardew Valley, Hollow Knight. I don't think Hollow Knight had a physical, so exclude that one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Smash Brothers, you know, all these games I have um, digital, and it's so much easier just to pick that thing up off its dock and sit on the couch and not have to get back up to play a game or to get another game or to get my case. Now, and and that makes sense to an extent, but I th I don't think the convenience factor at home is as notable. It's not as notable, but it is when when but it, those it's there. times it comes into play. It is there. So it's like if I want to play a game on uh, my Switch, there's not that moment of I got to get up and get it because it's on my it's already on my Switch. Now, you, I will say. It, it, that all depends on how you do things too. So you know my gaming setup. Yes. I don't have to get up at all. I just literally rotate my chair, pull the game out, rotate my chair, hit a button. Now, switch yeah, it for out. for us, that's that's both how it goes. Like we both have L shaped desks for those that uh, that don't know, and then we both have a computer on one side of the desk and a TV slash. Uh, no, we both have TVs and computer monitors. Uh, and we both really don't have to leave to get up to put games in our systems. I have a tower to the left of mine. Brett has a tower on the right under his. We don't have to really move. But, boy, I can't tell you how many times I have been playing a game. And it happened just the other day. And I'm not going to say with what game because I've been trying to keep two things under secret. But, anyways, I was playing Destiny. And I'm like, I'm going to go play that game. So, I hit the home button. I went over the, the icon on the, the home screen. And I hit X. I was like, please insert disc. And I was like, I'm too comfy to do this. I'm just not going to play this game right now. Even though the, the, the disc was like a foot and a half within reach. And, and again, that, that and actually... Because then I got to reach around my TV and put the disc in my PS4. Well, yeah, because your, your PS4 is in an in a odd spot. Kind of, sort of, yeah. I need to get a stand for it when I, I get a new desk. I'm with you, though. The uh, stands are like $80, though. But, I, but I'll give you that as well. That's one of those things where um, I, I agree with you to an extent there because whenever... I, okay, when Destiny 2 was free on PS Plus, I was like, I'd be a fool not to download this and just have it. That way, if I decide to trade in the physical version, I can. Like we've said before, I traded in physical Ratchet and Clank because I'd beaten it a number of times already and it came out free on PS Plus. And I was like, well, why does it really make sense for me to keep this? I like the game, but I don't even know for sure that I'll ever play it again. Yeah. But if I do want to, at least I have this digital license. And if it goes away because something happens, oh well, I've played enough. But... 
to that degree, I actually, whenever I was going and like, well, I'm going to play Destiny 2 Forsaken. I was like, do I want to put the disc in and let it update and spend it for a long time or just want to go ahead and download the game and let it update at the same time? Just and download I, the and game. I did that. And it does make it easier to where the only thing I have to think about, and it's, just, it's an exception in a weird way, is that any other time I'm playing a game, I'm like, what? I know what disc is in. I know all that stuff. But then I can always go, well, that disc is in there. So when I want to go back, because you know how I am, I don't switch between like four or five games. I normally switch between like two one, games. Yeah, one so I'm two. like, okay, well, Spyro is the disc in my system right now. Uh, I'm playing Spyro. But then as soon as I want to play Destiny, I don't have to eject a disc. I can play Destiny for this short this short stint, and then I can go back to playing Spyro yeah. and don't have to ever change this. So some of it's, I guess, good habits that I've set up. And That's true, yeah. Partially the way that I like to enjoy games. I but, know you also don't put games in the wrong cases either. Oh, I never do that. I hate that. I, I used to do that, dude. It used to be so bad. There used to be like three or four games in one case, turned upside down, all kinds of which ways. Yeah, that makes me want to put show, the shoe back in the closet. Shows, <laughs> it shows the strength of Blu-rays, but I think we've drawn this out long enough. Well, look, all I'm going to say past that is I do, I understand the general reason that people like this. And we've talked about it a lot on the show, just kind of naturally. I know. That's why I I, I (laughs) I thought we were getting too drawn out. I get that there is a point to where people think it's easy to do it, but I don't think that there's ever, and I'm going to tie this into this discord discussion that was happening this morning and technically some of last night that was a little uh, overblown. Uh, it, it started due to our reader mail episode. I talked about that. I hate that subtitles are not in games, right? Uh, sometimes. And that's a, when games don't have subtitles, I am highly annoyed. It's a big pet peeve. Uh, and uh, speaking of which, uh, Stefan Swanland, he actually said, you know, the idea behind a pet peeve is that it's supposed to be petty. And, yeah. and, it, and realistically, to an extent, I can see the argument. And I, and I do consider the subtitles not being their petty because I don't have a hearing impairment. But the con- no, it, it, no, it, no, because it could still cause minor inconveniences. No, it can, but it, well, therefore it's petty. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It's petty in general. Oh, okay. But, I thought you were trying to say it's and not it's definitely petty. petty for me. Yeah, but there are maybe people who it wouldn't be petty. Oh, I think okay, there I gotcha. is an example I, where I, if you have a hearing impairment, there's a, it's not petty it's, for it's you. Major. To be mad. Yeah, it's very major. Uh, but in the in the grand scheme of that, you know, the an argument kind of started loosely because of the idea that. Somebody didn't want to support Speaking of which, games. Somebody didn't want to support developers who didn't put subtitles in games because it was insensitive to people who have hearing impairments or something. You know, you never know what it is, but there might be some reason that they can't hear uh, and they want to be able to see these things. And I, I understand the reasoning behind it. And, you know, I didn't think of it that way whenever I mentioned the complaint, but I get it. But in the same vein and how I kind of connect this to the digital future to an extent or the all forced digital future, uh, is a tie that I, I don't want to even pretend that I'm trying to say that people who have hearing impairments is somehow tied to people who live in houses without internet, but it goes to show that people who have hearing impairments is a lower subsect of general gaming. So while you'd be surprised though, Oh no, definitely. There's, there's enough people, there's a, but it's a, a Destiny smaller plan group. for deaf people. It's actually that's really awesome. cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of my point is that, you know, you have a section of gamers who are affected by that and that that is a big deal for them. And there's a reason as to why. Yes, it does make sense as to why developers should almost always have subtitles in. Uh, I, I agree with another point think, that Stefan made, which is that I don't agree with forcing them to do it because I don't agree with forcing anybody to do anything in art. Uh, it kind of distracts from the point of what art is, but if they think about it naturally, it is a great thing. And I do think that there's a benefit there, but I'm going to tie that into the same reason as that's why I think that there should be no all digital future because 
if you're going to go after the, if you're going to say that something's unacceptable because of this one group of people who doesn't represent the whole or the majority, which is fine. It's just an unfortunate part of living. Then you're also going to have to extend that to an extent to these people who don't have internet and be it in our country of, you know, the U S still has plenty of places without internet, especially since we live in the South. Yeah. Or places with internet that's so subpar that you could not even try an online game or download a game because it would take three to four weeks. And it's just not a, a a real solution or a real probability of, of working. So I think if you take that, that goes outside of our country. There are plenty of gamers who exist in countries that just do not have easy access or any access to gaming. And it just, it or adequate access to internet or adequate access. So there's a number of reasons as to why I think there always has to be a, I I think that you'll eventually get to a point, and I think we are nearing the point where you're going to see a 60-40 split. What happened to the whole Wi-Fi and trees thing? You never heard about that? Like, it, like it was somebody's oh, like, I, dream to like put Wi-Fi routers in every tree or in most trees. That way, that there'll always be Wi-Fi access points. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, but yeah, see, and and that's that's a solution, right? If they can get to a point where there's somehow uh, global internet from one provider that is done through satellite, which is really not the go-to no technology satellite for it. dude is not. Um, but regardless, if somebody no bueno. figures out a way to make a global internet thing, then maybe we'll see this go away. But I don't see that happening quickly. And even then, the way money works, I don't. Even with the global internet being a thing where you have access to internet, that doesn't mean that you're gonna have, that you have the money to pay for it. So there's all these different things, and that well, there's there's all these. You could pick a million ways, but. You could say that, well, maybe they, if they can afford the game, they can afford for internet. There's a million ways to go through that and go, well, you can't just keep trying to go towards one group and cater to one group. But to an extent, that's that's what I mean in general. You're going to have games that are all online, right? You're going to have games like Destiny right, 2. Online that, only. There's no reason. Corey living in, in house he did, there was no reason for him to play Destiny 2. He couldn't play Destiny he 2. he couldn't. Yeah. So, that's you know, our... you can't say that that game shouldn't have been made because of him. I get that. But at the same time, that's why I say, well, if you make it to where all games suddenly are requiring internet, then those people are completely left out in the cold. And that's an that's a unfortunate side effect of trying to do something like that and why I don't think you'll ever truly see it, even if it gets to a majority where you see a company like Limited Run Games take over and only do limited runs. And if you know you want a game, then you go and you say, hey, I'm going to pre-order it or I'm going to buy it from somebody for a ridiculous amount of money. I hate companies like that. I don't know. I'm not sure how it would work. But I think that what you'll really see is just you'll see a majority takeover of digital and you'll always see a, a, a big group of people who are doing a mix. They're doing digital when it's convenient for them and easy for them. And then they're doing physical on games that they, for some reason, just feel like they want to go physical on. That makes sense. And I think that that's the most realistic answer i'm still really curious to see i I, just i will bet you right now i I mean this bet i will give you 50 dollars in 10 years if they if this is a 10 year investment we got to up the ante's 500 dollars. okay fine 500 dollars. i'm I'm not gonna go that high that's a little ridiculous no i am 250 nope 500 okay 250 double or nothing yeah double or nothing (laughs) yeah so 500 dollars. that means that you've got to put 250 in though right I mean, yeah, but either so, way, it's like, you know. Well, look, my point being, I will give you money if you want. Capsule. If you're right. I just, that's how much I truly believe that I don't think 10 years is a long enough time to see With, physical gold. Within 10 from the years, we're going to have visits from our alien friends, and Elon Musk, our Lord and Savior, will have internet for everybody. Oh, well, if we got alien friends, then Tom DeLone's going to be like the the master I'm, of. I've read his book. <laughs> I'm reading his book, so I already know all the secrets in there. Thank you all for uh, tuning into oh. the show. As always, let us know in the comments, Twitter, everywhere, uh, Discord about what you thought and your input as well. Don't forget to ask those questions on Twitter, YouTube, 
and on Facebook. And we will see you guys next week for episode 94 and Reader Mail. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12. My name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stoner, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you would like to support us on Patreon, the link will be in the description below. Thank you.